You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. All right, well, welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Tiffany Havducci, and I am sitting here with Bruce Wesley and Yancey Arrington. And we're going to chat today about James. I think we're in chapter four now. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Perfect. So um, let's jump in. Would one of you do the honors? Do you want to read the text for us? I think sure. one through 12, is that right? One through 10, we're going to look okay, at. Okay, perfect. So James 4, 1, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this? that your passions are at war within you. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. And therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves, therefore, before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Awesome. That is a great section. So let's start with this. Um, When you give your message, what do you hope is the main thing, the main idea that people leave with? Well... I think the key idea in the whole text is that God gives more grace, you know, that in all the mess of the worldliness that uh, we drift into, God's grace abounds. And so if we'll humble ourselves, we'll receive his grace. Mm-hmm. Simply humble yourself and receive the grace of God. Love it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> Looking at the same text, I, you know, James is throughout the whole letter is concerned that with these Christians that have left Jerusalem because of persecution, now have found maybe some soft spots in Asia Minor. And by soft spots, it means they, that, that, that he fears that, that some of them are reacclimating to the world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and when we say world, it's important to define world, uh, not that, that they're, you know, going to school and watching movies, so to speak, <laughs> right? Uh, but they're they're being reabsorbed by the values of this kind of fallen mm-hmm. satanic system. Uh, and that's why the list that he gives, uh, the things that he sees that they may conflicts inside the Christian community. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you mentioned verses 11 and 12 as well. I think we're focusing on one through 10. We do have through 12, but 11 and 12 even talk about that they're suing each other. I mean, so right. like they're suing each other. Uh, they're uh, taking each other, at, if you will, to court. They're uh, maybe even killing each other as he talks about. So he sees all these sayings as kind of signs and symptoms of a greater malady, which is, which is worldliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So if we were to think about this through the lens of biblical theology, which I don't know if you're allowed to have a favorite kind of theology, but if you are, this is mine. It's All my right. favorite, right? Yep. So the overarching story that the Bible tells, um, what connections did you see with that in this section? So if this is your favorite, <laughs> why don't you start with that then? Well, I actually really like whenever I was reading this on my own, 
This is, this is kind of going to go backwards a little bit, but I really like how it connects to the section before about yeah. wisdom and how, um, so last week we talked about that in the message and in the podcast and how that sort of shapes the way that you do community. And so this section is sort of a result of that. So I like, I think the, the theme of wisdom is one that carries on. Mm-hmm. And then um, again, if we go all the way to verse 12, I saw some stuff with holiness in there, right? Oh, like for sure. Putting themselves above the law. For sure. So there's a couple of different threads that we could. Yeah, I think you're uh, perceptive in the connection of that with the previous text. And, you know, anytime we're preaching through a book, it's hard to, you know, to draw the distinction yes. between this text and that because mm-hmm. they're all, uh, you know, connected. And uh, yet I, I see this emphasis on the people of God, mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. in how they're treating one another, but also in their identity as finding their life in in who God is. And therefore, you know, it, it takes us down that, that road of humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, we could go back to the Old Testament and see how God is so interested in not just who his people are, but how his people are, mm-hmm. how they treat one another and how they find their sense of um, identity in him and mm-hmm. not in the things around them, which is the worldliness mm-hmm. theme. And that probably is what bends James so greatly because he knows biblical theology in the sense that he knows the, the story from start to finish of what the people of God are supposed to be. These mm-hmm. people set apart mm-hmm. holy unto the Lord, um, even more so now in the New Testament and the New Covenant, because uh, Christ is our holiness and he's our lead. And so now you're, you're seeing some of these themes, most of these people that left the Jerusalem church, they're Jewish in their background. So they should have a, they should know most of this stuff. Like right. Wisdom mm-hmm. is something they should, they've been talking about since they were kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how that affects the tongue, how the tongue affects the life and how conflict is a result of when you're not following the Lord in the ways that he has. And so it seems like there's a lot of continuity. Mm-hmm. James is looking back saying, listen, we, we should at least be as good as those guys were in the old days, but even better. And my fear is many of you have, have fallen off the path. And, and, and I, I agree with Bruce wholeheartedly. My favorite part of this passage is uh, where it turns and says, but God gives more mm-hmm. grace. Because James is a West Texan. He's a straight shooter. <laughs> uh, he's from a place where growing up, like people just told you how it was. That's kind of how I see James is he's very direct. Yes. And yet with that, he also directly points them back to the goodness of the gospel, the goodness of God's grace. And there's a pathway back to living as the people of God, you know, mm-hmm. the, the better people of God uh, in Christ. So, yeah. There's this theme that runs <laughs> through James of double-mindedness, you know, and yeah. That, too, we pick up in all of the Old Testament teaching about God's call to his people, you know, to have one God, to be fully devoted to to God and not to live this double-minded life. And so then we get to the book of James, and he's constantly warning against this double-mindedness, mm-hmm. especially as we come to this issue of, of worldliness. So people are going to have, you know, one foot in the mm-hmm. world, and, and by in the world, I don't mean living right. in Driving our a world. Car. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean that their whole value set mm-hmm. is a godless uh, self-focused, all about our own satisfaction uh, kind of value set. That's one side. And then we go to church on Sunday, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so anyway, it's a, it, it is a strong and really beautiful call to what it means to be f- devoted mm-hmm. to Jesus and our, mm-hmm. our fellowship. Yeah. And although this was a long time ago, that sounds familiar, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like something oh, we exactly struggle with right. today. Cool. Okay, so if we move on then to the the lens of systematic theology, thinking about doctrines or, or whole ideas from all of Scripture, what do you see there? I mean, you teach this class, right? So, <laughs> Well, I've taught it, and we'll teach it again. I, I mean, it, it really dovetails nicely, <clears throat> excuse me, with what 
we see in these kind of meta narratives or meta themes in biblical mm-hmm. theology. I mean, this really is about the people of God. This right. is the the, we, the doctrine of, of what what is sin, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe more all of, more than all that, what's the doctrine of holiness? Mm-hmm. Because uh, James reminding them of the grace of God is saying, like, this is your position. Your position in Christ is, you know, we would say what the Bible teaches is that you're positionally holy. But what, again, what cranks them is like, but practically, at least what I'm hearing is that some of you aren't practically holy at all. And so, you know, the, the Christian life is what we would call another doctrine of sanctification or growing in grace, mm-hmm. growing, just spiritual growth, is that we want our our, uh, we want our practice ultimately to match our position. Now we're never going to be perfect in Jesus until Christ returns and we're with him. And, but, but there shouldn't be these huge gaps. And wherever you have gaps, you have people that call into question your faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have hypocrisy, you have, as Bruce said, double mindedness. And so James is just being a good pastor of Jerusalem community church for a church that had worse than COVID. They, they had to leave for all kinds of reasons. And he's still trying to shepherd people saying, listen, man, um, your practice needs to match your position. Mm-hmm. And it's the opposite's what I'm hearing. So those are the kind of things like those are the doctrines at play, but maybe more anything like, you know, uh, holiness, because it's, it's, uh, it's a complicated thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Something that God gives us in Jesus, I'm fully forgiven. And yet there's a practical aspect of holiness that's, that says like, how much do I live for the Lord? How am I set apart from him in my words and deeds and my thoughts? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and I agree wholeheartedly. I, just the flip side of that same coin is the doctrine of sin. And yep. so that's the whole first part of this passage is showing us that part of the doctrine of sin is we have um, we have pain, problems, implications in our life that we're not even aware Mm -hmm. Uh, that that sin is the one that is causing all these problems, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where James starts. You've got these broken relationships, you know, you've got this distance from God, you know, your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, you're wondering what's going (laughs) on. And and the issue is uh, your desire. You're you're living your whole life out of your desire Mm -hmm. and letting your desire define your life instead of your communion with God, your your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... That's the flip side of holiness, right? Right. So, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Doctrine of Christian community is another thing that you mm-hmm. can't escape really all through the New Testament. Right. But what is what is the doctrine of God's God's people? What does community look like? And he's speaking to the anti-community that's going on instead of saying, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's unity we should have. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to get into all kinds of stuff. There's doctrines later on here in the priesthood of the believer, mm-hmm. you know, that you should have personal responsibility with your walk. Right. Um, don't just leave it to teachers. But you mm-hmm. So it's uh, incredibly rich, mm-hmm. uh, but very straight. Straightforward. I mean, James is one of the most straightforward letters in all of the New Testament. It's hard to miss what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So this is one of the questions that I find the most intriguing is you only have a limited amount of time to teach this, right? And we kind of talked about like passing the baton back and forth from mm-hmm. week to week. And so was there anything that didn't make it in the message that you had to cut or some maybe something that you, you wish you could talk about more, but time doesn't allow? Well, honestly, for this message, it was probably more having to cut down ideas rather than to cut out ideas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So meaning I'm, I'm saying less about um, what it means to have desire. You know, for, for instance, uh, I think in our day, people justify their behaviors by their desire, mm-hmm. meaning they say it's a natural desire. And so it's, and then they let their, des- their desires begin to define them. 
Mm-hmm. So you know, when we talk about sexual identity or gender identity these days, mm-hmm. sometimes, not always, sometimes that, that's rooted in this desire that people have. And it's like, why do I have this desire? He, she doesn't have that desire. Their mm-hmm. desire is different than mine. Okay, that must be my identity because it makes me mm-hmm. different than them. And because this is my identity, it's natural. I, I, I can't call it wrong. It's just mm-hmm. my desire. And yet that, what I think the the passage shows us is that these are warring desires within us mm-hmm. and what are we going to do with them? Mm-hmm. And in the, in worldliness, we're going to look outside of ourselves and find ways to satisfy those desires. Mm-hmm. And in effect, then we're just saying they are what they are. They define who I am. Mm-hmm. And so it's only natural for me to, to seek to satisfy them. And so I wish I could give more time to that mm-hmm. uh, because all we really do in the, the message is just talk about how these desires are what's driving these, uh, my language will be signposts mm-hmm. for the the pathway of worldliness. You know, mm-hmm. how do you know you're on the road to worldliness? Mm-hmm. You got a lot of conflict and you feel like God's really distant. You ought to look around because mm-hmm. chances are you've got some worldliness working in you. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah, it is. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with Bruce. This is one of those messages where when you're breaking it down is like the expositor or the, the exegete to use really complicated words. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems to be fairly, has very clear movements in it. So I kind of mm-hmm. use the analogy of a doctor. Like here's, here's, here's Dr. James MD saying, uh, here's the, here are the symptoms I see. Here's the diagnosis I have. Here's the remedy that I'm going to provide all with worldliness. And for me, when you have something like that, that's that straightforward and you need to get under the hood of what that means. So if I could have a, another hour to teach and preach this, I would probably want to explain to people, which we do in this message, like what, what, when we talk about worldliness, here's what we mean. So we've mm-hmm. got already dropped, like, it's not like you can't have a car or you can't, yeah. but there are a lot of people that grew up, um, and I'm, I'm not trying to call it the Amish, but kind of have an Amish-esque type of deal mm-hmm. growing up in kind of evangelicalism. Like you couldn't listen to certain music or you couldn't watch certain movies. Mm-hmm. If you could even go to movies, you couldn't dance. Mm-hmm. And they kind of think that like that's worldly. Um, and, and I'm not saying done un, undiscerningly, those can't be avenues to some worldliness. But when when, when the Bible talks about worldliness, it's not, it's not signaling like uh, where I'm going to go watch a television show. Uh, it's going to talk about the values and the content and the vision mm-hmm. that that those things impress upon me as being true uh, and cause me to question the things that God has said is true as being more false. And mm-hmm. so where I'm elevated, where sin becomes normalized and righteousness becomes strange, mm-hmm. which is a, a phrase I've heard recently from a theologian. That's that's the kind of thing I wish I could spend. I mean, Bruce has a book that he's read that, he, you know, has a, that explains this really well. Those are the kind of things where I'm like, hey guys, just stay with me and let me, because let me help you with this. Because what I don't want people to do is hear us talk about worldliness and like, oh, I shouldn't be worldly. And they're thinking, I, you know, I, I can't wear my Taylor Swift shirt today because that's mm-hmm. worldly. That's, that's, you shouldn't wear it because it's not good music. No, I'm just joking. Sorry, <laughs> oh, all these Swifties. I'm sorry. I just, give me a pass. But those are the kind of things I wish I could spend more time on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, um, the focus on understanding the nature of worldliness, some of the things that Yancey was describing, you know, what it is, what it isn't. But fundamentally, just the whole idea that worldliness is we're trading, we're trading systems, mm-hmm. you know, we're yeah, trading the, right. the world system really that has a culture and the way of that culture yeah. versus uh, God's system, his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that kingdom, then he has a way. Mm-hmm. And so when worldliness is really where we've slipped out of kind of valuing God's kingdom and, and what he says is the way and, and start embracing this 
other, this cultural way as a way of fully satisfying our soul. And, and so it is this, this shift of affection, this shift of trust. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's why it, it is so, uh, we creep into it so easily, Mm -hmm. you know, without being aware. And, uh, so James says, that's why you need to know that there are other things that are signs to it. Cause we don't wake up one day and say, yeah. I no mm-hmm. longer care about Jesus and the right. kingdom. Rather, I'm going to care about myself. And mm-hmm. you know, we don't say that, but we do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we start trying to satisfy our desires as a, a pathway t- to human flourishing. And, and the sobering illustration or analogy that Paul gives, or language is really more of analogous, is it's, this is kind of, um, you know, he says, you're adulterous, such a strong language, but, you know, no one, unfortunately, adultery is a reality. No one commits it uh, just in one moment. It's over time. Mm-hmm. It's the sliding of degree by degree mm-hmm. where you're kind of normalizing it, normalizing more and more, and then, then you've gone over the edge and committed something that you just, you know, 20-20 hindsight wish you could have never done. That's really what what mm-hmm. James is saying about mm-hmm. worldliness. Right. It's mm-hmm. this by degree where you're exchanging your loyalty mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you're, you're exchanging your loyalty for God with, with, with someone or something or a system that's really anti-God. And so mm-hmm. that's the kind of awareness that we need to have that James is trying to help his listeners and in, in Clear Creek Community Church make sure that we're aware of. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. So then that's a good segue. Uh, what do we do with this practically? Like what is, what's the, the end message for those of us that are going to hear this? Um, how, how can we live it out tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, again, James is really direct. He's very practical. Mm-hmm. Very. And so, you know, sometimes Yancey and I were talking about this when we're writing messages, uh, by the way, you got a, a, a taste a moment ago of how we will preach this differently. We're preaching the same mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. but sure. I want to talk about these pathways and he's going to talk about James as a doctor mm-hmm. and, and yet we're, we're going to be expositing the same text. Sure. Right. So when you get to this text, we're talking about how the application is given for you. Mm. The application is very direct. Yeah. Uh, where in, beginning in, in verse seven, you know, he's going to give us some say eight, some say 10, uh, aorist imperatives, which simply means, uh, this urgent command. Think of it mm-hmm. that way. It's just mm-hmm. an urgent command mm-hmm. over and over yeah. again. And so in both of the messages that we're going to give, it, it's, that's the application. It's like, what do I do with this now? Well, there is a path to becoming a humble person and it begins with Submit to God and resist the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, you submit to God. You don't submit to God one time. You submit to God every moment, mm-hmm. every day, regularly submitted to God. And that's where humility begins. Mm-hmm. I would argue that this path, even at beginning in verse 7, um, the order matters, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Because, for instance, it ends with this yeah deep emotional response. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't get to that emotional response until we've been through understanding our need to submit to God, first mm-hmm. of all, a good that we can draw near to God. And so we've, we've tasted what it's like to draw near to God mm-hmm. and he draws near to us. Mm-hmm. The next section, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, purify your, your or cleanse your hands and purify your hearts. So both your literal sin, purify your hands, you sinners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, the direction of your heart, where's your devotion? You know, he says, you know, purify your hearts. You double-minded, don't be double-minded, but give mm-hmm. God your devotion. So once you go through all of that and you're, you're really focused on repenting, mm-hmm. it's so funny how we sometimes think we're going to have emotion and then repent. But the truth is we most often repent mm-hmm. and then we start feeling the emotion that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And that emotion for him is this grief, this mm-hmm. deep grief that his 
you know, if, if your feet have been in the world and you've forsaken your first love, Jesus, for that, then you begin to grieve that. So anyway, very practical application in this list of commands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing to add. I mean, that's right. Just a little preaching 101. Never introduce a new application if the text you're reading tells you exactly what the application mm-hmm. is. And James is <laughs> crystal clear with imperative after imperative after imperative. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to do once you know this. So Yeah, that's so good. So helpful. I didn't even think about the order mattering, but man, I'm going to have to read this again <laughs> a lot of times before <laughs> Sunday. That's so great. Okay, so then what about personally? Like, did any of this sort of hit you in a way that you want to live differently? I mean, I know that's the application, but was there something that stood out to you as you were studying this, that sort of struck a chord? Yeah, I think from any time I'm, I'm going through, uh, especially James, it's just I want to be sensitive and tender with my own heart about what the Spirit's doing in my life concerning worldliness. Because, again, it's by degree. It's, right. it's the, as they, the proverbial frog in the kettle, right? It's <laughs> slowly by degree. And I'm, I'm looking for areas in my life. I, I probably, I would like to think I don't have anything in direct conflict or I would see it. But it's the things that I've, I've just... I've let the little, uh, the, the temperature's gone up a couple of degrees in certain things that I think or certain things that I read or certain things that I do or certain mm-hmm. perspectives that I have. So I'm looking at what James talks about and he'll talk about justice. He'll talk about orphans. He'll talk about widows. He'll talk about, you know, practically righteous things. And sometimes I'll get really easy on, well, I'm not doing anything bad. And, and, um, that's kind of an elementary, feel like I'm a fourth grader thinking about following Jesus. <laughs> I haven't done anything bad. But, but James is talking about positive righteousness. Like what is, mm-hmm. where, where does your faith, real faith hits a real road, so to speak, and has real effect. And I, 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 I know we do that as a church. I know we do that corporately mm-hmm. where we're, we're ministering to all kinds of things. When people give. Uh, that those monies go to impact real ministries that I think James would say, that's as he would say, true religion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tend to want to make this more personal. Like where am I, where am I leaning too much on what I've given and done for the, the church mm-hmm. at large and not done this individually? So that that's always a good heart check and makes me just think a couple of times and then remind myself, but he gives more grace mm-hmm. and he gives more grace. So that's mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is sweet to, you know, be reminded that he gives more grace. I, I think the piece of this text that has grabbed me more than any other is, um, is the very last part of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got all these imperatives and it ends with a promise. Mm-hmm. And he, he tells us something that he's already told us, except he changes the language a little bit. Yep. He says, humble yourselves. This is verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing, this whole call to humility is, it's a call to faith, do I believe that all of my pursuits to satisfy my desires in the world are going to pale in comparison mm-hmm. to a life where I become the one who is under, the one who serves, the one who comes last, the one who focuses on the other and not myself? Do I believe that uh, I will have more of a life that flourishes and matters mm-hmm. if I do that? Well, the exclamation point on everything he says is, he will exalt you. Mm. You don't have to exalt you. Mm. He will exalt you. So will you trust him? And so for me, it's, uh, both of these are, you know, it's belief systems. And this is the call to belief. Will I trust him Mm. that he will exalt me? Not, Not that we're just looking for exaltation. Right. But that's part of the promise, Mm -hmm. right? Humble yourself before the Lord and you will be exalted. 
he will exalt you. Wow. It's just, so for me, that's, I mean, it gives me chill bumps even mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. to think about, I can trust him to be humble. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's, it's the upside down kingdom. Yep. Yes, it's it exactly is. It's a gorgeous right. picture. Exactly I love it. Right. Awesome. Or is there anything else that you want to add or, or leave us with today? No, I, I, I just hope people keep plugging in and on with yep. this series because James mm-hmm. is going to continue mm-hmm. this whole, I mean, this is really just one big diamond right. uh, of, of how real faith plays itself out in a world that wants to absorb it. Mm-hmm. And so every week's just another facet. And mm-hmm. so that's why a lot of, when we're researching and preparing this, and you know how this works because you, you ladies are doing Colossians, um, it reminds us of how unified thematically these books are, mm-hmm. but uh, where we feel like, oh, I'm saying the same thing. We're really not because there's a beauty to this. Like this, this facet's going to talk about wisdom. This facet's going to talk about, you know, uh, seeking God in trials. This facet's going to talk about community. So I just would uh, encourage people to still continue with us as we talk about what real faith looks like all the way to the end. Yeah. Yeah, I would just say, uh, d- don't avoid the hard things that God say, says mm-hmm. to us sometimes. Because every time he says something like, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity toward God? You make yourself an enemy of God. He then turns right around and he says, but I have more grace for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, when we face the hard things that he says, he, he always comes through with, he's at work. Uh, it, it's not rebuke only. It's a rebuke that calls us to be loved, yeah, to absolutely. be known. Absolutely. And so that's what I would say is don't, don't avoid the hard stuff because uh, he gives more grace. Love it. Perfect mic drop to end. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys very much for sitting down with me. I enjoyed our conversation and I'm going to go read it again because right. I missed some stuff. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> thank All you. Right. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Thanks so much for joining us today.